This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Monday the 3rd of July. In your squiz today, Australia's new corruption watchdog, huge protests in France, an impressive person of the year, and a bride with teeth. This is your squiz today. Today's the first day for the new National Anti-Corruption Commission, which is also known as the NAC. Claire, you and Kate spoke on Saturday Squiz about what a big development it is for public administration at the federal level. All our states and territories have an anti-corruption or integrity commission, but this is the first time Australia has it at the Commonwealth level. Yeah, this was a Labor promise going into the last federal election. It wasn't supported at that time by former Prime Minister Scott Morrison, Mm. but after the election, Peter Dutton and the coalition negotiated with Labor and they did a deal to get it through. Uh, In a nutshell, it will investigate allegations of corruption and it will tell the public what it found. Uh, It will also aim to educate the public sector about how to prevent corruption. The NAC will be led by Commissioner Paul Brereton. If you remember his name, it might be because he led that major inquiry into allegations that our soldiers had committed war crimes in Afghanistan. Yep, he's a heavy hitter. And Claire, there's been a lot of build-up to this day and we already know that the political parties are lining up to make referrals of alleged wrongdoing to the NAC. So the one that seems to be top of the list is former Coalition Minister Stuart Robert. Last week there was quite a bit that was said about his alleged dealings with a consulting firm named Synergy 360. Mm. Those claims relate to alleged plans for him to receive kickbacks for hooking up that firm for government contracts. Uh, there's also, which we've talked about a bit, Alice, the PwC scandal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, of course, is over the misuse of insider information on tax changes. Um, that's been playing out over the last couple of months. And also the coalition wants the NAC to look into Brittany Higgins' compensation payment. That, of course, is after leaked text messages showed that senior Labor figures were briefed about her allegations before she went public. And really, that's just the start Mm. of it. Ultimately, Brereton and the NAC will decide what to investigate and they can also initiate their own inquiries. The NAC also has the same powers as a Royal Commission to compel witnesses and evidence. And while it's just getting started, we're likely to be talking about the NAC into the future. The unrest in France has been going on since the end of last week, Claire. It fled up after police shot and killed a teenager at close range last Tuesday in a suburb of Paris. And over the last six nights, there's been thousands of protesters arrested and hundreds of police injured. So the teenager has been identified only as Nahel M. Uh, The police say that he was pulled over after traffic violations and their story is that he was driving towards two officers when he was shot and killed. But 
videos have emerged after that incident that showed that he was actually driving away from police. Mm. The protesters have really been furious about it. Uh, Also, it's worth noting that police killings at traffic stops have increased since a 2017 law that allows for the greater use of firearms by police. Mm. And those victims are disproportionately black or of Arab origin. Um, Nahel was of Algerian descent. Yeah, and Claire, his funeral was held on Saturday and the officer who shot him is being investigated for voluntary homicide. A spokesperson for the UN says this is a moment for the country to seriously address the deep issues of racism and discrimination in law enforcement. The NAC's not the only thing to come into effect on the 1st of July, Claire. New parents will have access to 20 weeks of paid parental leave, childcare subsidies are going up and Aussies need to be 67 to access the aged pension. And if you're on minimum or award wages, you're getting a pay rise. Yeah, there's quite a few things going Mm -hmm. on, Alice, (laughs) as we head into this new financial year. And it's a lot more than usually happens at this time of year. Uh, It has to do with the political cycle. So you'll remember the Albanese government was elected in May last year which is a bit awkward in terms of getting new programs started. Mm. Uh, Over the last year, a lot of legislation has gone through and here we are. So long story short, we're really seeing the Albanese government's agenda being put into place. Yeah, got it. There is a lot of changes, so I'll pop a link in the episode notes that puts it all in one place. And happy new financial year to all of us. It's NAIDOC Week, Claire, and it's the time to celebrate and recognise the history, culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. It kicked off on Saturday with an award ceremony that saw the top award, which is the NAIDOC Person of the Year Award. It went to Professor Kevin Kong. So he's Australia's first Indigenous surgeon and he's an Mm -hmm. ear, note and throat specialist. In his acceptance speech, uh, he said that he's accepting this award on the back of terrible ear statistics in remote Indigenous communities. Uh, Middle ear disease disproportionately impacts remote Indigenous communities, particularly kids. Uh, Some of those communities have rates of between 40 and 85% of those populations suffering from recurring perforated eardrums. And in kids, it can lead to learning delays and behavioural issues. And it's a really terrible situation. Uh, Australia is one of the world's worst on this issue. Yeah, Professor Kong says he's embarrassed that our first world country has a third world health statistic. And in other awards, film director Rachel Perkins was given the Creative Talent Award on the night. She's leading the Yes 23 campaign and she used her acceptance speech to urge Aussies to support the Indigenous voice to Parliament. If there's some bleary eyes around this morning, chances are it's because of the final day of play in the second Ashes Test match that was played at Lords in England, Clare. It's been another action-packed match that's seen the Aussies prevail. Yeah, Alice, I tuned out as they hit the lunch break, which was at about 10.30pm. I really wanted to stay up and see it through (laughs) because things were super tense. Uh, In the end, Australia won with 43 runs to spare, but that wasn't guaranteed because the England captain, Ben Stokes, was absolutely on fire with the bat. He ended up scoring 155 runs. Uh, To 
say the Aussies weren't cheered on is a bit of an understatement, and that's because of a controversial run out before lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, our wicketkeeper Alex Carey stumped England's Johnny Barstow in a way that the crowd and the England side didn't think was in the spirit of the game. Yeah, our team was booed for that for the rest of the match. The win means that we have a 2-0 lead in the five-game series. The third match is starting on Thursday. And the Aussie women are also in fine form, Claire. A win in their T20 match on Wednesday will see them retain the Ashes. A message now from our podcast partner, BHP. The steel made from iron ore plays an important role in providing the production of our energy infrastructure, from wind turbines to power poles. So cutting carbon emissions in iron ore production is key. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power its port facilities at Port Headland. It's happening now at BHP. Claire, you're going to have to explain to Squizzers why a mare from Mexico has married a crocodile. (laughs) Alice, you mean it's not obvious? (laughs) So the mare's name is Victor Sosa. He is the mayor of San Pedro, Huamalula. His crocodile wife is named Alicia. Uh, They were reenacting what is an ancestral rituals. So they've been doing this for 230 years. Basically, it's a marriage between a man and a female croc. Uh, They sort of symbolise two Indigenous groups that came together in peace with a marriage and it's meant to bring good fortune to the town for the coming year. Yep, and it's super intricate. The croc, or Alicia as she's been named, (laughs) wears a green skirt, a colourful hand-embroidered tunic and also a headdress of ribbons and sequins to meet the town's people before the ceremony and at that ceremony she dresses in a white bride's costume so it's very intense. (laughs) I hope they're very happy together though Claire. Match made in heaven no doubt. Squeeze the day. It's the beginning of Wimbledon tonight. Alice that's a terrible time for me because I have to stay up late and watch the tennis and then I have to get up early and do work. So it's a really trying time. (laughs) Uh, Also, we've got Indonesia's President Joko Widodo coming to Sydney today. He's going to be here for three days talking to Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and also plenty of other Aussie politicians. Uh, He's going to have a lot of talks to get through. Good one. Thank you for listening today. We'll be back again tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price – People equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, You don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.